It, uh, you really will. You'll fit with it. It's Andrew Davis calling from Toon Talk Radio on Newcastle United, Sunderland, and Middlesbrough, and everybody, and a little bit of England as well. Well, if you want to catch the show, go to www.toontalk.co.uk or call the show on 0191 538 9781. And if you if you you have a handheld device, just go to www.novaradio.co.uk and you can listen to the the folks on the show, wherever you are in the world, because we know we have a vast audience all over the world. Well, uh, it's been an interesting week with um, Newcastle not playing. Uh, we're going to get to that straight away at the moment. Obviously, you've got the takeover talk. You've got the punch-up, yeah, the, the magnificent punch-up between Modi Army and Jamel Lascelles. Typical uh, John Joe Shelby getting in the way, breaking his hand. Tremendous. Couldn't happen to a nicer fella. But we'll discuss all that this evening with my co-host and author of the week, Neil Mitchell, calling from Dubai. Good evening, Neil. All right, mate. How are we doing? Not too bad, not too bad. I've just obviously ran to the gates of Angel and back just to yeah, clear my head. You're all out of breath. I told you, fiddling with it, you must fall off. You noise coming from your microphone when you were twiddling away there. I tell you, jeez, man. Well, you know, I've got to get me fitness in. I haven't actually ran for a week since my trip to Lanzarote, so I decided it's amazing how your mind can work. So a nice run to the Gates of Angel gets away the cobwebs. Very, 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 very good. So I'm very happy. of the adult variety take that toll on occasion, don't they? Yeah, and a ma- magnificent climate like yours, yourselves, and considering I've just got, I've got my tea, my coffee percolating as we speak. But uh, so obviously, obviously, further we'll go step by step before our first call of this tonight, and that's going to be Lee Johnson from mm. Chester Street. So tell me, what's it like uh, with the feedback you've had from the the article you wrote for the Evening Chronicle? It must be I read it. I did. I did like the last couple of sentences. Very funny when it comes to greenery. Um, but it was a tremendous article. It, it actually uh, great feedback from my office as well. They they thought it was spot on. So. Um, oh. Tell me, what was your thoughts regarding it? Um, do you know, I'm, I've been really, really, really chuffed with the feedback. Um, Mark Douglas obviously got in touch with us because I did a piece for the Chronicle a couple of years ago, the last time, um, to about two and a half years ago, the last time there was possible speculation from the Middle East. Um, and he said, look, I remember you doing that piece. Do you want to revisit it and put like a up-to-date twist on it? And so that's really... All I've done, I think it's um, it, it's it's just my honest opinion at the end of the day, and that's that that's all it is. 
Um, but I, based on some things I know and some things I can speculate on and some things that, like I say, for the most part, is just how I genuinely feel at the minute about prospects of anybody from this region getting involved with Newcastle United. And I've been yeah. really delighted with the feedback, to be fair. I think um, I think people recognise that it's, that it's an honest opinion. Um, I think probably something a little fresh that they don't get very often. And I, and I, I think thank, thanks to Mark and, and everybody at the Chronicle for running with it as well. Um, I, I appreciate that opportunity to have a bit of gobshitery every now and again. And it's, uh, it, it's even better that it's gone down quite well. Yeah, I think um, it, the interesting thing was the last time, because when, when you're involved in one of the other other takeovers, um, what, with, the, with the background with what's going on now, it would probably be very similar, wouldn't it? If, if, there's, if, a, if there's allegedly, which the Chronicle has said this, uh, there's four main players in, in this, uh, the thing that surprises me, actually, we can probably speculate one's China, uh, we've got Amanda, we, Amanda Stavely. it all, all, all like Andrew. And, and do you know what it is? And, and, and I know this with reasonable certainty. A lot of it will be smoke and mirrors. Yeah. People, you know, see a lot of stuff about this, that, and the other. That's where the non-disclosure agreement works in the opposite direction. Because somebody at the club can say, "Ah, there's a couple of people saying non-disclosure agreements," but because there's non-disclosure about it, how do you know? And so mm-hmm. it, 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 it's. Because if anybody sticks their head above the parapet properly and says, yes, I've signed an undisclosed agreement, that's it, deal over. And so it, it, it's really difficult to know. I, I, I've obviously spoken off the record with a few people. Um, I think people's hair would stand on end if they knew one person that's been linked with one of the alleged bids. Um, <laughs> uh, and I think that, that just gives the, the, the measure to me of uh, of how much excuse the language toss there is spread about when something like this happens you've also got to remember Mike Ashley wants a certain price for it this whole I've dropped the price to 380 million well tosh, isn't it, really when, when, when you're talking 400 million 380 million when you're in those kind of figures 20 millions Jack it really mm. means out it's it, it lip service um, you know and I, I'm, I'm certainly aware of one occasion where a lower fee was agreed with the intention of trying to get more out of the potential buy and a, a very fatuous excuse was used to suddenly put the price up mm. and so I I'm always wary when they say oh yes there's interest from here there's always interest there's always interest from the Middle East but the, the trouble is and going by a conversation I've had with a, uh, a, a guy at uh, I see quite regularly over here who was involved in both Cardiff takeovers the, Sam Haman taking over and then uh, Tan taking over from, from Haman. Um, he's exceptionally wary of ever doing any business with any Far Eastern buyer mm-hmm. with a club ever again based on what Tan did. And this is the this is the risk. You know, you look at how many deals have gone through where it hasn't gone according to plan. Even, let's go the other way, um, the, the lad that owns the Jacksonville Jaguars who bought Fulham. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, look at them at the moment. They're a good feeder club for the Premier League, but they're not what he wanted. Uh, and I hope he likes his Michael Jackson statue because, <laughs> you know, that's all they seem to have got out of it. Um, so for everyone that goes right, there's a couple that go wrong. Even from this part of the world, you know, 
um, Nottingham Forest suddenly found they'd been bought by the poorest Kuwaiti. Um, the, poor, the, poor, the poorest? Yeah. You really didn't want anything to do with the club any, anymore anyway. And so their hopes of Middle East money disappeared overnight because the guy turned out to be a little bit of a, a, a mouthy so-and-so. And even go down league, you, you, you go... Um, oh, who's the club that's, that's owned by somebody from our region and it was a Qatari who was involved trying to stiff him. You know, there's things at all levels, not county... They're owned by their supporters' trust. Their supporters' trust got lured in by money from, I think that was from the Middle East as well. You know, there was money from the Middle East involved in one of the Leeds fiascos, and there's somebody only just got out of jail over here in Dubai for his involvement in that company. You know, so there's a lot of potential takeovers can go wrong. It depends on, you know, everybody wants the, the magic ticket, and the magic ticket is the Man City takeover. Because not only did Abu Dhabi come with money, they came with good intention. And they were smart about the way they did it. Now, Stavely wasn't in, involved in that bid, remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, even down to, because I was talking to one of the Man City guys over here, one of, one of the guys involved in the supporters club over here, who is from Manchester, by the way, so you kind of mm-hmm. begrudge him this. Now, even down to, they have meetings every year pre-season to get groups of fans in to taste the pies for the next season. If you like the pies. Mm-hmm. You know, they go to the nth degree. They've really bought into the club. They, they, they changed the badge a couple of seasons ago, and the fans are totally involved in changing the badge. They're doing kind of something what we've done, where they're looking back at strips from the past, and they're in, but trying to involve traditional colours and traditional designs in future uh, away and third kits. Um, all these things, because <clears throat> what they've done is they've picked the fans up and they said, right, we're in this journey together. We need you as much as you need us, and so let's go on this ride together. Um, and that's what a smart buyer would do. And I, I would actually venture, anybody buying from this region, if they do it right, they will do it right. Mm-hmm. The trouble is, is when they do it wrong, they get it pretty awfully wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they, this is what you hope, is that <clears throat> if, if, for example, Amanda Stavely's coming in with backing from this region... Um, her experience of seeing what, how it was done at Man City and what they have then subsequently done in terms of fan engagement, in terms of connecting the community with the club again and all this and more, that's the kind of thing you'd hope they'd take on board. And that's really the essence of what my article was about to a, to a, a degree, is that not just looking at what ifs, but what would a smart buyer need to do? How would they need to get... And they need us on board... But they need the city council on board because let's face it, you buy St James's Park, you don't buy the land it's on, and there's development problems all around it. And and for me, the the Gallagher land was always a non-starter anyway because they couldn't build on most of that anyhow. This idea you could turn the Gallagher into some sort of monster stand quite easily it would only put another four or five thousand under the under the the the, the, the attendance. You know, it, it's what well, problems the Leasers side because the Leasers terrace. That's the the main problem and so you, you need to get the council on board you need to get the people in the area on board you need to get the owners of Lisa's Terrace on board you need to get an architect who's prepared to come up with some sort of uh, clever design and there's plenty of them in this part of the bloody world you know it, 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 there's, there's lots of ways you've got to look at it when you're purchasing a club these days even down to look I've, I've got a copy of a document 
that was circulated to a few people when Gillingham was put on the market a couple of years ago. And even part of that sale is development of Gillingham's ground to build this 24-7 shopping centre, F&B. It's open all the time. It's somewhere, it's a hook community hub. There's a, there was a, if I remember right, there was a wharf and a quay and housing, all about development. And that's Gillingham, for God's sakes. You know? Um, and, and, and so you, you look at what those plans are and then extrapolate them out. St. James's Park is the heartbeat of Newcastle. It's, it's the barometer of Newcastle, and, and to, to an extent, we'd all love it to stay where it is, because city centre grounds are these days like rock and horse poop. You know, mm-hmm. they, they, they ain't around, they're rare beasts, and there's that cathedral on the hill towering over everything. But if we're going to do anything more with St. James's Park, we need as a community to decide this is what is acceptable to us as a community. Personally, I would have bulldozed Leeds Terrace years ago. There's enough student accommodation in and around the area, and <laughs> yeah. that's all it really is now. And is it really of that big architectural significance? I think there's far more important buildings in Newcastle. That's just my personal opinion. You know, um, I think that I it's think probably a harsh personal opinion for anybody who likes Leeds Terrace, but uh, I don't, and I don't particularly care for it. And I've seen enough mm-hmm. of it. And frankly, if I was involved with any, you know, future project at Newcastle United, one of my first things on my agenda would be, can we bulldoze that, please? <laughs> well, interesting uh, chat, of course, on, on that issue, and we'll, we'll obviously continue that. Um, mm. Good evening. This is uh, obviously my next guest is uh, Lee Johnson, going from Chester Street. Good evening, Lee. How are you? Hello, mate. Good, yes. Good stuff. All right, Lee. Um, Hello, mate. Uh, so, you, d- did you read, um, I think you did, uh, uh, Neil's article, and do you agree with what he just said about um, if Newcastle get taken over by allegedly four stalking horses, as I call them, uh, allegedly interest in Newcastle, would it be a big deal, like Neil says, to to bulldoze? Well, and there's two ways to think about it. They could bulldoze the whole thing and build it somewhere else in the moor. That's probably the only place I can think of they'll do it and start afresh. Because I've I've heard numerous times Neil has said when the the guys from the Middle East build anything, they they essentially build it from scratch. Uh, I mean, as I, I mean, I tweeted and I said, "Don't trust him. He's a dentist." So I never read it. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am. Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm I think there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of um, there's a lot of um, <laughs> will will she won't she will we do this how right. will we do that um, so it's a bit. A bit pie in the sky. I do think there's something afoot. It is. Um, but as for things with the stadium and things like that, I think there's a. I do think there's a potential to add twenty thousand onto the stadium. It's just how how they do it. So mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we've talked about the last couple of weeks and things like that. If things are done correctly and things like that, like even if it was sta- if we were to move stadium, if it was on a promise and your couple's going to move forward, I, I don't think many people would be against it. Um, well, this is it. You see, I mean, my my argument on that always was there was the got what on board for the majority. And there were some people who weren't happy about it. When Sir John Hall wanted to talk about building yep. just up the road, yeah. And so it, we're open-minded to it when it's done the right way. I don't know yeah, whether exactly. you know the would or wouldn't, but I, all I know from feedback from talking to people out here, yeah. Um, I mean, bear in mind one one of the lads 
I know over here who's uh, mm-hmm. he, he wouldn't believe he was a Geordie if he heard how he speaks, but he's of Geordie heritage, I promise you 100%, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. with his uh, Canadian twang. Uh, he's, the head of the com- he's the head of the Middle East part of the company that built Dallas Cowboys' new stadium. All right, yeah. You know, and so when you talk to him about, well, what are sporting uh, companies and sporting clubs wanting in grounds, yeah. he'll pull... He'll quickly doodle on the back of a back of a beer mat for you, even if you like the, the ideal stadium, and it's got everything. And, <laughs> and 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 I think we've got to be aware that that's one potential that any new owner could do if the if they weren't able to work a solution out. Because the ideal solution would be, can we do something with what we've got here? Yeah. What's the well, that what's would need good, everybody what, on board. What's the good feeling? What you're hearing? What you're thinking? Is the is, uh, What's my good feeling? You think there is something afoot? There's a rabbit off. Mm. Come on, mate. Look, I, I, Mark Douglas hit it on the head. Now our Twitter discussion, uh, you know, at the weekend gone. Um, yeah. She was not pictured in the crowd on purpose. No, no. You're no. sorry, by accident rather. That was no, very no. deliberate to be seen where she was. Yeah. With some of the people she was with, it's mm-hmm. a big message. Um, you've also got to remember the connections to the Dubai Holdings Group that tried to buy Liverpool when Rafa was manager. It does yeah, a big. But did, not, did we not hear that somebody tried to buy them a couple of months ago and they weren't responding to any? Um, that wasn't Amanda. I heard about that one a few months ago. Liverpool. Look at yeah, um, yeah. But why would at the minute Fenway Holdings are yeah. quite happy playing the game no, they're playing? It's not yeah. the same situation they had when they had Gillette and Hicks, who yeah. leveraged right. the club within an. In- you know, they, they were within 20 hours away from going under. You know, why? if you are the Fenway group, why would you sell Liverpool Coney who were in the Champions League? You just exactly, the the, 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 the <coughs> leverage isn't there. It really isn't no. there. When Gillette and Hicks were there, the leverage was there because they were 20 hours from going out of business. And we're available, and we're available relatively cheap for a football club currently. Yes. Yeah, we are. In, in, with the new television deal in place, we, technically, we, we are technically worth two Neymars. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, it could be no, messy it, soon. It, but <laughs> you know what, it, you know, it is, Lee, and, and this is something I touched on. There's a lot of, and again, excuse the language, territorial pissing going on over here in this part of the world at the moment. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, mine's bigger than yours. And it yeah. goes on over here all the bloody time. And like I said in that article, it's usually towers and yachts and cars. Yeah. Um, and, and suddenly it's football clubs. Yeah. And, and the statement that they've made at PSG via the country I shall not name, because just in case I get cut off, um... Is 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 a, is a political statement, as much as anything else. And it's them flexing their muscles, saying, "Look what we can still do. Nobody's going to bully us. Get lost." And what's and this yeah. is the what's this the um, financial fair play of what they did with Neymar? Is that what you're saying? Look, well, no, I'm, this is this is this is Qatar sending a message to the oh, rest Qatar, of the yeah, yeah. We've yeah. still got money, and we're going to yeah. do what we like with it, and sod you. Um, well, it's also well, it's also a big slap in the face to you, UEFA to say, right, let's see your financial fair play teeth then. Because so far, the only only club 
the only club of any consequence that had any punishment of any consequence from FFP was Red Star Belgrade. And how significant are they in these days, this day and age? They were significant in the 70s and 80s. They're not significant now. And they're the only team under FFP who suffered badly in terms of, no, you're not coming into the Champions League this year, you naughty boys. It's a waste of time, that. It's an absolute waste of time, Lee. You're right. It sends the wrong messages. It's picking on the easy targets, and as is ever was. And and I'm telling you now, the next battle that will come will be when the big mega clubs turn around to UEFA and say, I'm not playing your game, and they turn around to FIFA and say, we're not playing your game either. Mm. And now the future, the future is the Super League and come and take yeah. it off with. And well, the, it's not like they were never ever. They're never ever going to ban someone like PSG from the Champions League. Of course they're not. They're not going to. No. They're not going to. They're not going to remove the, the chance to see your Neymar, your Carver, yeah, your Cavani. Even, even I'd love to know the actual real wheeling and dealing behind the deal for the lad from Monaco, who was on loan and then's going to sign yeah. later. Yeah. Come on, stop <laughs> taking the mick. I know. Just, just sign him already. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, no. <laughs> it was an unbelievable what idea. An I just couldn't believe it. It's unbelievable. Bigger fools are as well. I bloody Monaco for letting it happen. Yeah. But then, then you've got like it's mental because then you've got the, the likes of that. What's going on in the mechanics of that deal to make it worth worth Monaco's while? Not just in the transfer fee, but I'm sure other things as well. To say, okay, have them on loan. I'm just going to give you the title this season again. <laughs> um, it, it, yeah, it is crazy late, and none of it makes sense. And, it, and it's basically, they've driven a big hole, and other clubs have joined in. There's wheelings and dealings being going on between that David... Come on, everybody, when David Luiz went back to Chelsea for that yeah, ridiculous transfer that. fee, yeah. and yeah. suddenly it made PSG a bit more flexible under FFP. Well, isn't yeah. that the clubs getting together, saying, right, we're going to drive a hole in the FFP now? Absolutely. You've signed it, we're going to drive through it. Thank you. And, I think the one thing we've missed, the one thing we've missed in all of this, is um, the fact that Newcastle are being investigated for five hundred million pounds worth of dodgy dealings. Well, with, that's what um, happens when you when you, you poorly pay your um, chief executive, who's who's unequipped to do the job, and he's the worst paid chief executive in the Premier League. That's what. <laughs> and happens. imagine it'll be. In a, in, in, I mean, to be fair, I wouldn't mind this one being investigated for half decent players, but most of the players that were. We're getting investigated for what's the shite? Riviera and all them? Riviera? Jesus Christ. It's, I, would, it's, I wouldn't have mind if we were like doing dodgy dealings, for example, to bring the likes of Neymar in, but Riviera? Jesus Christ, we couldn't get rid of him. Man, you, Joe Salou seems to be fitting that bill to me, to be honest with you. <laughs> the way that he's... The way that he's uh, well, scoring, not scoring type uh, thing, but, uh, but five million's I'll not get, bad, I'll is it? You. I'll yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say that obviously we haven't we haven't touched upon the punch up. I know what Neil's gonna say anyway, but what was your what was your thoughts on it? Um, especially, I think a day later, uh, uh, Lascelles was um, given uh, his, his his new big contract, and throw throw into the fact that um, somebody was at the match was watching um, uh, Modi Army against Liverpool getting warmed up. And he wasn't doing anything. He was just moving from side to side. You know, there wasn't any... Uh, and he's probably been one of the, the players Newcastle have bought who has underperformed every single time, really. And uh, I personally think he had it coming. Well, first and foremost, remember, Andrew, we're not a big club. 
Uh, we're told that by everybody. You're not a big club. But uh, England are playing and we end up in the papers. We end up <laughs> yeah. in the papers. And uh, I just think they were bored. I don't think they're, like, I don't think they're happy with the fact that um, we have Rafa Benitez as our manager. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think they were bored and I think they probably pulled a story from nowhere. Yes, something might have happened in training, but it happens all over the country. There's nothing new. There's nothing... There's nothing new with training ground bust-ups and things like that, so I just think it turned up in the sun. They probably blew it all out of promotion. They've got no problem with players having to go either to the yeah, training. Yeah, the Sells has been quite vocal in his um, most of his interviews on NEFC TV. This is even prior to this. He was talking about him and Matt, Matt Ritchie going hammering tongs over something, so he was open. He actually openly said that on an interview mm. with NEFC TV. Mm. It didn't need to be put in the sun. And like I said, Andrew... I just think they were bored. Uh, like I said, we're not a big club. Everyone tells us that, but they decided to put us in the newspapers. So I think it's just a. I just think it's a storm in a teacup. I have no problems with players fighting each other. Lascelles thinks someone isn't pulling his weight. He can tell them he's the club captain. He leads by example. I do. I, I reckon it, you know, this story is just going to blow under the carpet. Yesterday's fish and chip paper, really. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Neil. Neil. Well, no, he's quite right. I mean, look, Newcastle United sell papers. Fact. And so, let's find something. I mean, Diarmas needed a kick up the arse for a season and a half anyway. So, you know, who better to give him it than the club captain? If it wakes the bugger up, then great. And he's, he's absolutely entitled as club captain to get hold of someone and say, you're not pulling your weight. It worked in the dressing room in Orient in the last time we got you know, in 2008, when that dressing room got thumped off of Leighton Orient, and three of the lads stood up and got hold of some of them and said, pull your weight or get lost. And it nearly kept us in the Premier League. And it nearly kept us in the Premier League, Neil, when he had a go at everyone after the Southampton. Absolutely. Exactly. You're right, and it's not the first time he's done it. I mean, um, I, I, I gather he got hold of two or three after the Southampton game, and then come out and publicly had a damn good go at them. The lad's mm. got balls the size of space up there. <laughs> and that's why he's the club captain. And the lad's actually talent. I tell you the worst thing is Shelby's made out to be some sort of bad guy in it for having mm. a broken hand. Yeah. You know, you, they couldn't really tell you what, while we're on, and we're talking about England and we're going to talk about Newcastle being not a big club. And we'll not talk about John Joe Shelby having the potential talent to play in England because he's a wanker and be- sorry my language tonight, I do apologise. And because of this and because of that, um, oh, and he's got a broken hand, isn't he an idiot? Well, no, he was actually trying to play a bloody peacemaker with his teammates. And prob- it was probably the cells broke his finger as well because he's probably like the Hulk when he gets started. Pin the bugger down if you can. You know, it, uh, I, I feel sorry for John Joe Shelby because they somehow twist the story to make out like it was somehow his fault. Yeah, <laughs> I did, I did no. think that. I must admit, I did. Yeah, ridiculous, really. Um, but this is the age, also the age-old problem that some of the local, you know, some of the guys that cover the local teams for the national papers, once the national editors get hold of the, the stories. They've got little control over then how they run with it, the angle they spin on it, and the headline they put with it. I want, I want none of our lads anywhere near the England international team. None no, of me, me either. To be honest, none with you, of me. I mean, I, 
I've seen more exciting turtle races at the end of the day oh, than what that, the, the turgid ridiculousness that that lot put out. Um, I was well, sitting I here. Two words. Here. Three words for mm. you. Gareth Southgate, England manager. I mean, how am I? <laughs> before, uh, and before him, and before him, Sam Allardyce. I mean, Jesus Christ, let's be honest. I mean, there's a guy who's just become available, you know, who they should be, the FA should be working, uh, fighting hammer and tongs to get in, but they're that thick, though, no? Angelotti. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I did think, you know, when when we qualified, I thought, you know, if, if we had any if we had any guts, we have any, any you know, real proper... Uh, do th- do th- do things for the England national team. You would have thought ta- you would have tapped him on the shoulder. Thanks, Gareth. Thanks very much. Go back to your previous job, um, Barbara. Uh, we'll take it from here. That's I, what should have I, happened. I think you can't I put a guy like Andrew, this. I think, I think everybody. I think everybody sees England now as a real sideshow because I don't think there's any connection there anymore. I don't think anyone's bothered. I think it ruins most football fans this weekend when internationals on. It certainly ruins mine. I am bored out of my tree. I don't think I watched the. I think you seen on Twitter last night. I ended up watching Spider-Man: Homecoming instead of watching that crap match against Lithuania. Yeah. I just thought it was absolutely pointless. Just well, at least I've got the luxury of other alternatives. I ended up sitting in my lo- the the shisha bar and sitting in the building here with a load of <laughs> mental Egyptians cheering their lot their lot on oh, I mean, for the World that. Cup. That was hilarious. Seen that. But that I just don't want to. I just don't want to our play. I mean, of course, it's good for prestige having England, having your Cassie United footballers in the England squad. But oh my God, they just—it's they always come back injured. There's always some of guns wrong. Our, the, the finger always gets pointed at our players for some reason. Imagine um, if Shelby gets pulled in and does a deal back or something like that. They'll rip him a bit. If Shelby plays, and we we'll lose to like I don't know. Out of Mongolia, even if Joe Hart let one go through his crisp packet hands, <laughs> and and John Stones has hoofed one into the back of his own net, and Kane gets sent off, it'll somehow be Shelby's fault. Absolutely. <laughs> and so <laughs> therefore, we want none of them anywhere near it. I don't want Lascelles no. anywhere near it. You know, I see him being talked up as potential. In, in he wouldn't be. I don't the, think uh, the, Shelby the, could handle yeah. could handle being in England squad anyway because he is very, you know, he, 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 I do hear that he's very, you know, he doesn't take cri- he doesn't take things very yeah well, he's, he's very fragile better, he doesn't well, take things better, very well. He's a better footballer than the England, the current England captain. Sorry, oh, was that Jordan Henderson? Was Jordan Henderson England captain or was it Harry He's a better footballer than Jordan Henderson. Uh, I, I'm sorry, like I, I've watched Jordan Henderson play a lot. Yeah, he works hard and things like that. But in terms of and, ability and how oh, Jesus, he wouldn't drown in the rain. And there was a guy, and also the, 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 did they not pick a? Is he not picking the Southgate? Not picking a guy from Hull at the minute. He's in Liverpool. Oh, uh, yeah. Jesus Christ! I'm better than him. Southgate's got a history of going with players he knows, and I'm telling you now, Stephen Taylor was still. It's playing at some some level. You'd have Stephen Taylor in that bloody squad, probably. It's kind of it's, uh. it's, it's, it's a sad. I mean, England in this football and like because what I what, what I ended up doing right when the, the match was on the other night, the one the one one nil when Harry Kane scored. Mm. I, I don't know what it was. I, I see you might have seen as I tweeted a picture of England's past number eight um, alongside England's current number eight. It was a picture of Paul Gascoigne in the number eight mm. shirt next to Jordan Henderson in the number eight shirt. 
and I just pulled my phone out and I started to watch a documentary about Euro 96 with my headphones in, listening to that instead of when, when, with a game on in the background, and I absolutely loved this documentary on Euro 96. It was Alan, it was the one that was narrated on BBC with Alan Shearer and all that, mm-hmm. when he was mm-hmm. going around his old teammates, and that was a proper right. side, man. That was a side you could get behind, the likes of Tony Adams, David Seaman, Paul Ince, Paul Gascoigne, Alan Shearer, Teddy Sheringham, all the characters, proper characters, and now it's just mm-hmm. like, you could slap a, you could just slap a wet fish off your face. It's just boring. <laughs> There's no there. I mean, on that documentary, they were talking about the gender chair before the comeback before the United States when they're all getting lashed up in a bar, having a good time, lad. Now it's just, it's just dreadful. I mean, Southgate, it's just so boring. It's unbelievable. I didn't even watch it because I watched, I, I watched uh, Scotland instead. <laughs> Again, I was talking to some of the Spurs lads over here. In the in the young lad from Spurs who picked for the England squad and they're going, oh, what's he what's he doing in the England squad? You know, they're looking into the like, I am. He shouldn't be anywhere near it. And and what part of them's delighted that he is, and part of them's horrified that he is because he's four not games, even in the Spurs team. Played about four know? games apparently now. Right. Four games, that's yeah. it. I mean, how? how I think it's like Mr. Winks. They brought in Winks, didn't they, as well? That's what I'm saying. I think it's that Winks. I only played with four games, Andrew. Yeah, four games. Four games. Four games. And he's playing. He's in the England squad. Is he going to have Freddie Woodman in the squad soon? Probably. He's on the. He's on, certainly on the fringes. Frightening. I think uh, the frightening thing of, is the goalkeeper. Couple of goalkeeping injuries. Yeah. I'm telling you now, Freddie Woodman will get the bloody World Cup. <laughs> he that's, how, that's how bonk as it is. <laughs> you know, it, 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 we've got this. Um, so I know for years in the national level we've struggled to bring players through and I think the, the stat I saw through the week that's the most terrifying for me for a national level is that if you look at the uh, European um, national under 21 teams ours is the one, one who have the, less, the least amount of game time in their top flight and, and, and yeah. I don't know, I've seen in the last couple of seasons there are a few young English players who have taken themselves off the German clubs and taken themselves off to other parts of Europe just to get game time. And I'm wondering whether that's, that's, it's time for that to happen. That some of these young lads, if they've got smart, if they've actually got smart agents who care about their career and not care so much about the money, might start looking for ways to get them playing. I know it hasn't worked for some, that Mancien went from Chelsea out to Germany and he's now chugging away at Nottingham Forest with a, a, a few others who would have been and could have been. But, oh, um, you know, it, it, there there are others who it could be a path to some sort of success because at least it seems in the other league you'll uh, get a chance. It's the monster, though. What the, as much as we want to be in it, it's the monster that the Premier League has become. You know yes. what I mean? It, you know, like, for example, you know, like talking about the Premier League, so not just England, but you know, Premier League football. Premier League football being played potentially on Christmas Eve. Just the, the Premier League is yeah. becoming so self, self, self-serving and just wants to do what it wants. One wants with TV, where it's basically thinking about, you know, nobody but itself and how it's going to generate money and things like that. And you know, that's having, that that's probably having a detrimental effect, like on grassroots and things like that because they don't care because they make as much money as they do. No one cares. 
No one really cares. I don't even think they care about the England national team. You've got the Premier League and the FA, the two different entities. Yeah, they say they work together, but I don't think they do, to be fair. I think one works against other. But I think that Richard Scudamore, who was in charge of the Premier League, well, doesn't give a shite, to be honest. I just think he's happy making loads of money and mm-hmm. things like that. Look, he, he would have game 39 in tomorrow. Yeah, he would. Oh, wait, I forgot about <laughs> I wanted to play games abroad, man. Yeah, well, I think I think that'll happen eventually because yeah. I, I can't imagine how they can do it. But I, that's the, the ultimate goal, isn't it, to do that? In all other sports, you look at how many games Jacksonville Jaguars now play at Wembley. It's four, isn't it? You, yeah, two or three. Maybe even up to five now. No way. Yeah. Um and. The, the, I think Miami haven't played, played a baseball game somewhere else. Haven't played. I, I, I think there's been baseball games in Japan and in, in Mexico. There's NFL games going to be played in Mexico. It's 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 creeping into other sports who are set up for <coughs> television the way the Premier League is. It'll only be a matter of time. Come well, on, man! They already picked the kickoff time for Barcelona Real Madrid. <laughs> Yeah. So, it fits, so it fits the television plans here in the Middle East. I'm convinced. Of, I'm convinced <laughs> the league cup will get scrapped soon. I'm convinced of it. Has to be. It, I don't think it, you can't. It, it, I don't it, think it, it can continue with it. It's a irrele- It's an irrelevant. It should. Bl- it's not irrelevant. What are you on about? No, I just think it's just. I, do, I just think it is. I just. I just. I, for me, I just think talking, it's. You're talking like you own Manchester United here, Andrew. <laughs> well, they're, they're making it. They're making it irrelevant, though. Exactly, the main irrelevant. I'm telling you now. I, I tell you what, if you thought won the League Cup, you wouldn't you wouldn't hear from me ever again. I'd be still in the gutter drum. That's not irrelevant. I'd be in the prison cell next to the guy that's the <laughs> Did you hear about that, Lee? Did you hear about that? In Dubai, yeah, a guy was there for two days, and he was... He was out, he had a drink on him. And, and he's trying to get past somebody, and he touched him. He touched someone's hip. He touched somebody's hip. you Hundred percent for somebody who lives here. That there's a lot more to that than meets the eye. Well, that's what I thought. I how that kind of be real? He's lost um, thirty grand allegedly, hasn't he now because of the the case and everything? Look, <laughs> look, man. When it, when it goes tits up legally here, it can get rather interesting. But um, there is a lot more than meets the eye with that case, and obviously I shouldn't talk about an ongoing legal case. But what I would say is somebody who is resident here, somebody who drinks regularly in the hotel in which that that happened, mm. <laughs> I can tell you now there's a lot more. There's a lot more goes on in that hotel. I was going to hear. I can tell you that straight away. Well, you know, I read the story. I've heard the stories. I read the story. I was like, well, I'm never visiting there ever. <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing is I'm going to Australia. I'm going to Australia in February, and I've got a nine-hour layover in, in Dubai. That, that hotel <laughs> is where a load of us watch the game. There's a sports right, bar in that hotel called. You'll be in prison every other weekend if that was the case. Well, pretty hell exactly. What the hell am I doing talking on the radio? Um, <laughs> uh, I, uh, you, you know who I'm talking about, Andrew. I get in there with Stuart. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I, I know what happens in there, yeah. That, that <laughs> hotel? It's that hotel? I'm telling you now. But how, could they, how, how could they go out and say and sell that story? Look, look, it's, it's what's being fed 
there'll be something being said. It, it's a wonderful way to wake expats up over here every now and again, is to let something run. Along, and one of the biggest things that message is getting out is about the fact he was having a drink without an alcohol license. If you technically you go to a hotel, even as a tourist without an alcohol license and buy a drink, you're technically breaking the law. The look, the overlook it all the time. What they use it for is is don't get trolleyed and make an idiot of yourself because that doesn't go down well. And so they make the alcohol license statement every now and again. And that's absolutely, that's, that's par for the course. There's just so many people then get hold of these stories and run with the ridiculousness without realising how ridiculous a story it is. There is no way on earth you get sent to prison in this country for touching <laughs> someone on the hip. It doesn't happen. I'm sorry. It's bullshit. Sorry, my language again. I'm sorry. But it just doesn't happen. <laughs> and, and what, what could he have been doing then? Okay. He's touching his hip. What, what could he be doing? And I've got total speculation on this now. Yeah. But if, you, but if you've had a drink on you and somebody spilt your drink and you get a bit leery with each other, yeah. there's two yeah. things you genuinely have to watch for here. Language. There are some yeah. words here, if you use them in anger at the wrong person, boy, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Boy, you're in trouble. And two, gestures with your hands. Single and double fingers, for example. <laughs> anything oh, like yeah. that, really. It, it, because the warning, you get involved in anything in a, in a car, because driving here is bloody mental. Keep your hands on the steering wheel and don't flash any gestures. There's plenty of people getting into plenty of bother for that. And so is that where the World Cup's getting held as well? Like, oh, Qatar, yeah, even worse than Qatar. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Definitely true, oh my God! If oh, if hey, it, put, if they get the it, football, if we don't know yet. Putting the football crowd into that environment is is quite hilarious. <laughs> the whole thought. If you think the amount of times we've stood on a bank of an away end and flicked various gestures towards the home crowds, we all do it. Let's not. It's not big and it's not clever, but we all do it. Let's be honest here. We're having a frank football discussion. All football fans. Like the way of their arms in the end, sometimes fingers get extended in one way or another. Absolutely. Um, and, yeah. and do do that from your wheelie your car here, and a policeman sees you. Um, unless you're exceptionally apologetic, you could be in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Um, actually, before before we go on, I in about to work about out, it's not about touching somebody on the hip. I'm going to bring this up. I'm going to bring this to, with a Cowboys fan in a minute, and uh, Chris Parry, who's due to ring in. But uh, Lee, I've got a. What, what, with regards to Sunday in Newcastle playing Southampton, uh, because he's now played Shelby and Marino, um, it opens up an interesting debate now with with Sunday coming up. Um, Hayden has done nothing wrong, has he, since being Newcastle? I can't see him playing Shelby on Sunday. You I think Hayden see. will come back in. You can't see him playing Shelby. No, I think he'll play. You go back Marino, and you'll go. He'll bring Hayden back in. Because what's what's Hayden done? What's to I be dropped? That, I think Shelby was the best, probably player on the park against um, the best player on the park when he against Liverpool. So I think it'll be harsh. Um, 
I'd be surprised, Andrew. You know why I'd be surprised? I've got a feeling he actually will go with Mourinho, uh, Mourinho Shelby out because I think we can actually, those two uh, could take the game away from Southampton if they're both on it. Um, Interesting. Yeah. I, I, I do have a feeling he will go with Shelby just based on the fact that Shelby was absolutely superb against Liverpool, Andrew. But then mm-hmm. again, this is Rafa Benitez. Rafa Benitez targets every individual game with a different approach. So yeah. he might look at Southampton and think, I need to play in a certain way. You know, he does that. He, he's, mm-hmm. he's meticulous in terms of his plan and his preparation. And also as well, you know, he watch, apparently he, everyone gets monitored in training. If someone's mm-hmm. dipping below standards, you know, they might not potentially play. But Shelby, Shelby himself has got a lot to prove. So you never know, Andrew. He might go Shelby Hayden. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Yeah, you know, it, you know, yeah, good take. Interesting. Uh, next, the next uh, call on line is Chris Parry calling from the United States, from Dallas, Texas. Unfortunately, his Dallas, Texas got beat yesterday. Wah, wah, wah. So, um, good evening, Chris. Um, obviously, uh, we've, it's been interesting with Newcastle, the takeover, and uh, that's we allegedly got four parties, and we've just been talking about going into a bar. Uh, I can just—I think it's relevant to Texas. I couldn't imagine going into a bar in Texas and somebody with a beer, and he's trying—he's trying to watch himself, and he puts his hand on his hip. Would they—would they kick off like they would in Dubai? Is my question to you. Now what's up? Now he put his <laughs> hand on his hip. What are you yeah, talking about? A, a guy in Dubai on holiday. He's on a two-hour day layover in Dubai, and. He put he, he was had a beer in his hand, and he walked into a bar, and allegedly he he lost his foot in if some he lost his way somewhere, and he put his hand on a guy's hip, and they arrested him. He's still in prison three months later. Wow! Holy smokes! Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Now, um, with regards to with regards to the takeover, I mean, yeah. It's one of those wait and see attitudes. I do, I do like what I've been reading that um, it does seem like Ashley is, yeah, Ashley wants to sell. I bet he does because he's about to go to prison for freaking tax evasion. So, I mean, whoever, I mean, my gosh, they can get a sell for him and Charnley. Thing is, though, now here's my deal, though, guys. Do other teams? We we have this. Sometimes there's this something in the states. A lot of times with college football teams. Where there's college teams, we all know that they're bending the rules. They're getting players in. But if you ever notice that the big programs, they don't ever really get hit. It's always the little small, the smaller ones that we're going we're gonna to send a message and nail them to the wall. Mm-hmm. But the big boys, they always find a way to get away with it. I just wonder if this type of stuff is not happening at every club and they've decided to drop the hammer on Newcastle United. Is it going to be like a 10-point reduction if they do Neil, something like this? Neil, Chris? I mean, Neil and um, the, the for that situation was a fine. Mm-hmm. The last club that got done for something like this got a big fine, and I can't remember which club it was. Come to us. I, I, I think the the, the 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 point, the view I would take on it is it's fabulous leverage for anybody trying to buy. Mm-hmm. But if you do, look, you're going to potentially stiff me for a big fine here. That comes off of your asking price, or it's held in a base and paints and mm-hmm. settled. And I genuinely think because look, it'll be two, three years before it even gets to court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say, Neil. It's going to take for it's going to take it's years for it to be looked at. That it, it surely by then, unfortunately unfortunate, or unfortunately, depending on which way you look at it, um, there's absolutely no way 
punishing the club at that stage no. with something like a relegation. So somebody tried to point out that it was similar to something that Derry City did and they got expelled from the league. I think it is slightly different. Um, I think yes. there was another club who who did it, and for the life of us, I can't remember, but they got, got a, a big-ish fine. It might have been one of the Leeds, lots who had Leeds, and I think they got hit with a big fine because it went back to, I think they'd been sold twice since then, and and so they got hit with a fine, and that was all that could be done. Um, and, I, and I think this is it, any, any punishment has to be appropriate and, and relative and fair. And if the club has been sold by that point, is it then fair to stiff a new owner for the actions of the previous owner? And I don't think that's that's right. And I don't think any mm-hmm. of that to happen, even, even the one over here. Yeah. And Neil, guys, on another another question, yeah. guys, another question. I, I don't. The last training ground bust up that I can remember was Andy Carroll and Stephen yeah. Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, yeah. uh, happen all the time. You go to any professional football club and get any squad of players, mm-hmm. not all the players like each other, yeah. not all the players even socialise together, and some of them actually cannot stand each other, mm-hmm. and there's training ground bust-ups probably every... Yeah, Shearer sure, and Bellamy, if you, read, you read, if you read that one book, the, what, the, the Tunnel of Love, Shearer and Bellamy mm-hmm. couldn't stand each other. Still can't, I don't think. Teddy Shearer and Andy Cole? Yeah. Didn't talk to each other. But that was all. It's funny on that one. It was all based on Andy Cole. That I don't think Teddy Sheridan knew anything about it. But uh, <laughs> that's the problem, isn't it, with Andy Cole? He took it to heart, and Teddy Sheridan never had a clue. Chris Chris all that Chris that paper that that was just a paper just trying that was just a paper board that was no football on and just thought oh I'll do a story on Newcastle United. Mm. What is who could start a fight in an empty house? Yeah, even now even now the way they talk about Newcastle, it's a joke half the time. But I was going to say, Chris, have you heard about? Obviously, we've we've heard about the alleged for the gang of four that have signed this non-disclosure. Are you are you surprised that? Obviously, we don't know because I don't think anybody knows the moment. But uh, that there's not serious interest in the U.S. Uh, from so for somebody there to buy Newcastle because we were being linked a couple of years ago to uh, a hedge fund, and um, but since then it's gone very very quiet. Um, and it which is strange because obviously NBC are now charging people to use their services. So uh, I think that's the one surprising thing for me. I, I, I did expect the, the Americans to come in and, um, and to, you know, look, look to buy Newcastle, but it seemingly, it seems to be, oh, it seems anyway that it's, it's the Middle East and uh, China. Yeah, well, one thing's for sure, that if Amanda Staveley is his own, own Newcastle now, she'd be the hottest owner in the Premiership. That woman is gorgeous. <laughs> My goodness gracious. Do you, do you um, think it's I, don't know just, I don't know if they're just getting really good pictures of her or yeah. she just doesn't have a bad side because that's a very, very good-looking woman who's very rich. But, um, mm. no, I mean, I don't know, guys. It's, it, let's, I just hope before Christmas that this is sorted. Totally because that way you go, into the tran- you go into the transfer window fresh with money, plus don't have to go crazy. I don't think Benitez is going to go crazy. I think he's going to go try to get the guys he wants. And he'll actually have the funds to do so. I mean, I hate to Tammy Ab- Tammy Ab- Abraham would have been yeah. a terrific player for Newcastle. Oh, Look how big he is. 
with the with his with his pace and his body. I mean, he almost scored against you. He should have if if Lascelles doesn't make that amazing play. So I mean, it wasn't like he was going after you know he wasn't going after the moon. He was just going after guys that he knew would be really good players. Mm-hmm. And Newcastle has been able to kind of find a way to get through this based on tactics and ability, not, not ability, tactics and just overall want to. Guys, I mean, like, for instance, Yevlin making that run to stop that breakaway against Liverpool. I mean, uh, you know, LaSalle stopping Tammy Abraham from scoring. Saves, you know, guys putting the bodies on the line. That's how Newcastle's where they are right now. Well, they need to actually have some flair players that could score some. Like, because I mean, let's be honest, guys. Liverpool really didn't do much. They had one that one amazing moment with an amazing player, and he's mm-hmm. gonna and and he and, and they don't have that, and that's what they need. Yeah. But I don't know, guys. I'm hoping no, I'm hoping November, December, we're talking about new owners. Do, do you and think when it sorry, Go ahead. That's the area. That's the area, and that's the area which where players what uh, Chris is saying there about going forward. One bit of brilliance by Coutinho. You know, they're they're the players that cost the money. That's where Benitez mm-hmm. wanted to strengthen. There's no doubt about it. I think he had he probably had a number ten lined up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he wanted a better centre forward than Jocelyn, and that's where the money, and that's realistically where your money has to get spent if you want the, if you want special players to win your special yeah. matches. And I think that's yeah. where Benitez got frustrated because I think he had targets. I'm, I'm, I'm virtually positive he's that number 10 role, which been, has been quite problematic for him, is, is absolutely pressing, uh, you know, pressing on for him. I'm sure he wants to push that through. So that, 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 that's where I reckon his bugbear's been with this transfer window, well, the last two transfer windows. I think when it comes to um, the, the game on Sunday, we'll get to that, Chris. Um, uh, I, I mentioned that, um, obviously, even, even though Shelviadic uh, was the man of the match with... Um, you know, with uh, with Richie um, against Liverpool, I think because Newcastle went into Brighton with an unchanged team, which he, he normally never does, I'll be surprised if he does go unchanged again, even after the performances, because um, you've got to factor in. I don't know. I don't know how many players have gone away on international duty, but I don't. I can't see. I can't. I, even though I think it'd be a good idea to play Shelby. I can't see him uh, continuously. Um, he likes he likes Hayden in there away from home. What do you think? No, I think guys. I think it'd be a mistake. I think Shelby and Marino uh, really, especially in the beginning of the match, they kind of took it to Liverpool. And you know, I mean, unfortunately, Joe Salou and they you know they and they couldn't score. But I think that you have to have something going forward. And Shelby can pick a pass. And we know Marino can pick a pass. Marino can keep winning possession. Whereas if it's Shelby and Hayden, it's all on Marino now to try to pick a pass. And Hayden is good, but I think LaSalle is playing at such a high level right now, and so is Yedlin. And maybe you throw in Chancel and Bemba if if, if you're worried on the other side. Because I do think Southampton has some size that uh, that might be a little troubling. This might be a Chancel and Bemba game. You know, down on that other side. You know, well, they're struggling. The thing is that, that normally, over the years, as we know, Matt Matiz used to kill Newcastle. But like uh, every time we go to Southampton, we hardly get anything. So I can def- I can definitely see him. I'd be surprised he plays them two together, just for the fact that he'll want to keep it very very tight against Southampton. But Southampton are, are not playing very well. They've, they've changed they changed managers. Like I change uh, Derodiant. So it's. Well, I think when it, yeah. <laughs> so you change the you change the owner and all the t- like every every other every other month, huh? Every day I change my Derodian, yeah. 
And I'm Dr. Shea, by the way. I've got my own quirks. Every day I change. So you, and I don't, you and I don't need a lot. We need aftershave for our heads because of we're all, you know, bald is bald Oh, don't, is talk about, don't talk about the head because, you know, I'm pretty I'm sensitive bald, when it comes bald, to your head. Bald is beautiful, boys. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew, do the favor. What? Do the favor. Say that word again. Deodorant. What? Deodorant. Deodorant, yes, yeah, that's what I said. Deodorant. No, you didn't. You can't say that word. Deodorant, that's what I said. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> give me give me a score for um, a Saturday, Chris. I think uh, I think I'd love to say one nil, guys. Let's 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 go let's go on the positive side and say that Newcastle nick it nick it one nil. But I don't know. Southampton's always been a tough place to play lately. And I'm and I've got to tell you, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Your guys lost last night. Any NFL? Well, really? I mean, you know, we could talk. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. You know, sometimes you just get beat by a better player. Like, you know, I think like we're, in we're sixty seconds Newcastle, when Newcastle plays Manchester United. I mean, I just think Manchester United has so much better players right now. The mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys played very, very well. They just have a really good quarterback, and they only gave him one like a minute. I mean, yeah. I was so angry at the end of the game, but then I was like, <laughs> "What the heck do you do? You gave the yeah. guy one minute, and he yeah, beat my best friend is a Green uh, Bay fan, so he was happy." <laughs> well, I mean, it was. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is something else. That's all there yeah. is to it. I mean, he's something else. But no, guys, I I, I hope it's one nil. I'd like I'd like maybe a Nick, maybe a maybe a Joe Slu finds the goal again. Maybe it hits off his neck, his butt, his arm, his whatever. Yeah, I don't care. As, long as, it, as long as it goes in the goal, you know, and uh, and that's you know, and that's I'll, I'll take one nil. It'd be great. It'd be great to you know to get to to build on that tie on that draw with the, you know, with three points. Right. And finally, Thanks, gentlemen, yeah. as I head out, I leave yeah. you with the USA, who's going to qualify for the World Cup tomorrow. <laughs> we'll yeah, see. After beating, Panama, after beating Panama's ass. <laughs> Go USA, baby. Go now. All right, I'll talk to you guys, I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Take care now. Bye-bye. Right. Cheers, um, man. Till next week. Uh, okay, so bringing my last call of this evening, and it's John, Newcastle United fan. Good evening, John. How are you? Neil, lads, how are you doing? Neil, Look, Lee, and um, Chris, are we still there? Chris is gone. Uh, good, good evening to you. So, so tell me, I've, I've, obviously with the international break coming up, uh, due to end this week anyway, uh, what's your thoughts on what's been going on with Newcastle, with a, obviously with the four potential suitors in for Newcastle, and uh, the punch-up, uh, which obviously we've got a great quote from Neil regarding that one, but... Uh, <laughs> Tell me what was what was what's what's been your thoughts on everything that's been happening? Um, about a table over. I mean, um, I mean, it's up in the in my in my view, I think it's up in the air at the minute sort of thing. I mean, when Amanda, like I said, um, came to in Genesis the other week or last mm-hmm. week, as I see it, right? We just don't know who she's going to buy. I mean, she certainly wasn't there. To buy um Matthew's um number eleven shirt, one shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. But something's got to be there. Something's got to happen. Like I mean, I still think something will happen. But I think um Ashley eventually sell the club out. Hope he does, right? But like I said to you before, she's Liverpool support that sort of thing. But is she really gonna pay one billion for the club? Mm. Well, I, I, I think it's. A, I think, as Neil said, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. The fact that would she spend a billion pounds on oh. Liverpool? No, but I it's possible. It's possible. But like you know, she might. She might. You never know. 
she's saying this that, and the other, but she's not saying it. It's people behind the scenes or you know sources are saying this that, and the other. Uh, the Chronicle. Mm. If you look at the Chronicle every day, normally the Chronicle has got so many things. They're saying so many things. You, you, it's, it's some of it's neither rhyme nor reason. But um, it, I think when it comes to the club, it's um, I would prefer it if I knew at least have a clue who the who, who it is, especially the four of them. I totally agree. I mean, the thing is, so, they, I don't think they're allowed to say now the standards on the No, no, of course not. You can't say that. But it would have been so nice if they let us know who it is, sort of thing. We don't know. We honestly don't know. It would have been great. But um, it could be from the Middle East, it could be from China, it could be from... Dubai. I think it's, it's, def- it's definitely it's definitely Dubai, it's definitely China. I don't, you know, it's obvious because of the, the link with um, the shirts... And that's where the, the primary interest is. Now, but let's mm. keep it real. How long would it take to do, uh, to check? Well, I'll, I'll ask Neil this question. How long would it take to check the finances of Newcastle United? It wouldn't take too long. Let's be, let's be honest. I, I, I think a deal, and the way deals work in this part of the world, deals, once they decide they're going to go for it, it's done pretty quickly. And I would expect any deal to be arranged involving anybody from this part of the world would be done relatively quickly. You also don't know. Um, Ashley's had people brought into the club ahead of time, um, allegedly with potential sale in mind. Um, Therefore, you also don't know what groundwork's already been done in terms of prepping the club for sale. You really, really, really don't know. Um, I think um, the way deals seem to work here, whenever you get anybody involved at this kind of level, is sometimes they seem to take forever. And then all of a sudden, absolutely all of a sudden, once the big guy says, yes, three or four days it's done. Mm, because exactly, exactly. they tend to do a lot of homework, they tend to do a lot of groundwork, they tend to do a lot of diligence type stuff. <coughs> it's unusual to see lots of stuff done um, seemingly going nowhere and then all of a sudden it comes together. So, um, well, for example, I, I was recently involved in a potential sale of a hospital and I was asked to go in and have a look at... Uh, one of the departments in the hospital to see about its viability of being run um, potentially at a profit which it wasn't and could it be turned around um, when that deal was done uh, I went on the sat- I got a phone call on the Saturday lunchtime went to this place on the Saturday evening the deal was done on the Tuesday and that was a 350 million dirham deal and the diligence had already been done. Mm-hmm. Um, they just asked a few people that they knew who, whose opinion they valued, were they doing the right thing or not. Mm-hmm. And so you genuinely don't know what's already been done. And you never will, because, again, we'll go back to the start of the show, wonderfully and nicely coming full circle, because of a non-disclosure non- agreement. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it, you, know, you, you never genuinely really know. I know when I was technically, well, not technically, I was subject to one. Um, a, it was very different to sit with a poker face and 
deny all knowledge, but B, the amount of work that happened that people didn't know. And then you'd get criticism for not doing anything. And you had to just sit there and go, mm. because you really want to say, look, this is happening, guys. Um, and this is what we're going about, but you can't. So we just have to sit tight and it's, fill, it's filled the air for an hour and a bit for us yeah. tonight, isn't it? Yeah. So, you know, it serves its purpose. Yeah, I think yeah, it's, it's, that's the thing, John, isn't it? It's mm. so everything that's going on, especially with it's, it's you know, four, four, you know, four companies are involved, whatever it is. Um, the fact that he, he uh, people are s- suggesting that well, he, uh, Mike Ashley would still like to be involved in some respects with his brand. It's never gonna, it's never gonna happen in a month of Sundays. Not and the, 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 the fact that he said he was looking for investment. Nobody's going to invest in Newcastle United unless they have control. That's that's exactly. just a, because it, it's 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 like more or less saying you're having your hate your hated stepbrother, <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's like 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 the, like the Weinstein's in America yeah. who've just been exposed as a philanderer, but like uh, his brother's on the board and he sacked him. So um, it's it's interesting, but when it comes to Newcastle and it, the fact that it makes it's not been allowed to make money. I think Neil will probably agree with that. It's he, every time he, that our guy opens his mouth, oh, it's Newcastle United. Well, <laughs> if you look at the amount of sponsors we've got on the team, there's not that many. If you look at other clubs, like especially Man United, this world were humongous. Yeah. You know, the amount of money they make yeah. from their partners is they incredible. Have yeah, yeah. We have an official tractor partner. I want a tractor partner. <laughs> I want to my harvester partner as well. They are, do you think I'm joking, Andrew? They mm. do have an official. Um, I saw that. Agricultural, yeah. agricultural machinery partner, for God's sake. People are whinging about mm. the fact we've got a, tire adverti- a, a patch advertising tyres on my sleeve. John, can you, ma- can you imagine if yeah. John, could you could you imagine being Neil being the official dentist of Newcastle United? <laughs> that would be sublime. I, like. I think I think that would be a fantastic order for Newcastle United. You really would. I mean, you get all the songs in the world. You can go and um, get I wouldn't get bloody free tickets for now, lad. God. <laughs> God. Cheap. Yeah, please. <laughs> I tell you what, though, but going on the sale quickly, right? I mean, if the, if the club is going to sell, right? If, if the club gets good, finally, right? Then it has to be a totally clean brick. It has to be mm, new board. It has to be. It has to be. Charlie's got to go. Like, has got to go. We don't want more investments from them lot. Never, never, never. I think when Newcastle gets board. sold, there'll be so many people going to the ground, thanking, on, they'll be on their knees, thanking you know, the fact that this guy is finally going to be no longer associated with us. It'll lift the city up to such a high level because we, we know, because we know, think of it this way, right? People might, people might think whatever about this show, but think about this. Four weeks ago, me, Neil, and Steve Wraith and Lee were all talking about uh, this Amanda Stavely, right? Within two weeks of that conversation, she was sitting next to Steve Wraith. And uh, Margaret Aspinall and all that good stuff. So the people that te- people that say to me and say, "Oh, you, you know, your ideas, ideas that you can say this that, and they don't happen." Well, it's funny, isn't it? When somebody knows somebody, can make and they can get that person sitting down 
Mm. And go up, you know, let's be honest, they, it's, it's widely known, isn't it? They doorstepped Lee Charnley. They doorstepped Jason Barnes. They doorstepped, um, what's his name, the, uh, the the PR guy, Mr. Bishop. Bishop. You know, and they doorstepped uh, Rafa Benitez. You know what I mean? These people have come to play. And as Neil said, the, it's all about who has the biggest, the biggest wasa, the biggest wallet, the more publicity. It's it, it could be really sensational news for Newcastle. It just depends who's going to be the figurehead and um, you know what, how much money they're going to be able to invest and do it as Neil said, do it properly. Uh, even little things like you know testing the pies and you know getting getting people to come to the ground, even if it's not New, uh, Newcastle event, it could be anything. There's such a massive, you know, the, the they always say Newcastle is the the powerhouse of the northeast. It's always been that way. It's just never been yeah. fed the way it should have been. Absolutely. I think the place will be absolutely buzzing. The place will be absolutely exciting, you know. And um, if it's going to be her sort of thing going to take all that across, then I'm up for it. And I tell you what, mm. fans will be happy. Everyone will be excited, you know. If they're going to have a club like win, lose the floor, we're going to enjoy ourselves, you know what I mean? We had to put him this for 10 bloody years, right, mm. under his leadership, right? On the uncertainty, right? You know, and the people coming in the fear. And we want our club back, right? And I tell you something, oh, my God. I mean, would it be fantastic if he goes? And, um, oh, my God, they doorstepped a lot of them. Fantastic. <laughs> Get them. <laughs> Because <laughs> what, what would it mean to you, Lee? Obviously, we're going to have to end the show in a minute. But yeah, yeah. what would it mean for yeah, you, Lee? Because getting rid of my Ashley, especially with your young son as well, and you know that it, it would be, you know, tell me what you let's thought, be honest, how we let's feel. Be, let's be honest. He's had he's had three he's had three occasions in my in my view on moving this club forward. One when we finished fifth, failed to do so. We we signed one player in Vernon and Anita. Then we were um, three points behind Liverpool going into Christmas, the season that Liverpool lost the title uh, by a point when Stephen George slipped over. I think we finished ultimately about 30 mm. points behind them when we were three mm. points behind them at Christmas. That was the season that he sold Johan Kabai. And then, obviously, um, I would say the last two transfer windows, he's had an opportunity to try and push us on with Rafa Benitez, our manager, and he's failed to do so. So that tells me that he has no interest. And I'm sick of the lies. I'm bored of the crowbars. I'm bored of everything that Mike Ashley has brought to Newcastle United. The only thing that the glue that's holding everything together is the manager. Um, if he doesn't realise that, he's sick. Um, so, yeah, well, I, I think... Well, I've, I've, I mean, I've, I've said on my Twitter account, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't mean this. I don't mean this. But, you know, at the time, I was sort of pissed off when the transfer window shut. I just said, jelly and ice cream when he dies. But obviously, it'll be jelly and ice cream when he leaves because there's no doubt about it. I just think everyone wants rid of this man and, and everything that's connected with him. You know, he's not, he's, he's not like the place, you know, when we've got food banks and all that going on. Some good people in the northeast, and some great, great things going on in Newcastle United, which he isn't part of. You know, he has no interest in. He, we don't want him here. He doesn't mm. want to be here, and the sooner the deal's done, the better, and then we can just move on from And he won't be welcome back in the North East ever again. Yeah, I agree. Well, uh, give me a scoreline, uh, John, for um, for Sunday. And do you think Shelby and um, <coughs> Marino will, will start? 
Um, I'll be in Turkey on Friday, so we have four weeks. But what I will say, I mean, I'm going to say we're going to win one nil. But as long as Shelby and um, Mikel starts, Mikel and Jordan must start midfield. I think that's a perfect partnership. We feel no disrespect to Isaac, but at the end of the day, he's a good player, but he doesn't offer that much. But we need a creativity in that midfield. And I heard someone said earlier on, it might be new sort of thing, but I don't think he's gonna um, he's gonna drop Shelby. And he's going to play hidden in a game like that. Well, I hope not. Be interesting. I think. Uh, I think. I don't think he'll play the same team, even though it seems a lot of people I think he will. But I, I, I don't think so. It depends what time Yedlin gets back from the USA, especially when they're playing tomorrow. So you know, if they're playing tomorrow night, it's when, well, it's Tuesday, isn't it? So uh, he'll get back. Thursday well, Yedlin, morning. Well, the will be if Yedlin just sets off straight after the match and runs back, he'll be back within an hour. <laughs> <laughs> with that, with that great comment, I'll leave. I'll leave the show. Very good day for you. Um, <laughs> so thanks so much, everybody, for being on uh, Tune Talk Radio. We'll be back next week. Thanks so much, gentlemen, and we'll we'll catch you next week. And you never know, we could be taken over by them. But let's uh, see what happens in Newcastle. Thanks so much, gentlemen. Cheers. Cheers. Bye bye. Toon Talk Radio. Remember, if you want to listen back to the show, just go to uk and you can listen back to any of our podcasts, all of our live shows on Newcastle United, Sunderland, Middlesbrough.